How many of you guys are sunburned from yesterday? I see a few rosy red faces. We had a great time at our picnic yesterday. We had a blast. It was good for those of us, right? Yeah, it was fun. We had a nice time there. And that park, wasn't it beautiful? That, that uh, what is it, Morgan Levy Park? Beautiful park. It was, wow, I was impressed with it. But I just want to say thank you for everybody who brought stuff and everybody who was on the grill at Mundo back there was grilling the burgers and the hot dogs and Vidal as well and uh, Hamid's mom was there grilling so yeah thank you everybody who brought stuff and we're out there grilling we're so glad and I'm glad we all had a good time and so uh, I also want to let you know that earlier this week a group of us from our Doral Vineyard Church went down to Big Pine Key as you know Irma was there and affected uh, the keys over there. And so a group of us went down there to help the vineyard at the church. There's a, a vineyard in Big Pine Key. We were able to go there and rip out the carpet and the tiles that had, they had some roof damage uh, from and at the church. And so we were able to go down and help replace the, the tiles, take out tiles and pull out carpet and uh, organized stuff that they had going on. And that place, I just want to let you know that Doral Vin- the, the vineyard over there in Big Pine Key is doing a great job. They're in an amazing place. They, they're, they're not very well, you can't see them from the road, but if you get there, it's a hub uh, for volunteers. We showed up with a team from our church, but there was already 30 people from J.P. Morgan and Chase. J.P. Morgan Chase was there. Uh, every day, there's groups of people showing up to serve, and, and that church has been a hub. So if they don't know where to go, where to serve, they go to the church, and the church gives them different jobs in the community to go do. And you walk in, it looks like a huge food bank, like a Costco, you know? You walk in, and you just see tables and tables and tables full of diapers and wipes and Clorox. I mean, I, I was helping to organize a pallet full of shop backs. It just, people just come in and bring all this stuff, and it was, it was pretty amazing to see. So you have, the church has just become this hub for volunteers, for people who are in need, food galore. You can pick up food as well, but it is just great to be a part, and to, we collected an offering. It was great for us to go down there and give them an offering to the pastor, and because he'll get it to the people who are in need over there, so that was awesome. That was awesome. I'm very glad we got to do that, and so thank you. And give yourselves a hand. Thank you for your generosity and, and, and join us together. And, and now, now we are praying and setting our eyes on the next big need, right, with Maria hitting Puerto Rico and, and the islands over there, the Virgin Islands. And so a little later on in the service, we'll give an opportunity. Uh, Nick is going to be doing the, 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 that part of our worship service, and it'd be great if we can just, if you want to, we'd like to collect an offering. There's a vineyard church there in, in Puerto Rico, in Mayaguez area, and so uh, there's actually several churches down there, but we're going to give to that pastor. I have a relationship with all of them, um, but we're going to get, because sh- he'll make sure that that money gets to the people and the places and the batteries and the lanterns and the candles and all that stuff that they, they need over there, and so uh, we're going to collect an offering. You can just write PR on the envelope, and, and we'll do that a little later on. All right, so we are continuing a brand new series that we kicked off last week that we're calling Just the Way I Am. And so last week we started, and, and this week we're continuing. So if you have your Bibles, you can open it up to Psalms chapter 19. We're going to read verse 14. 
And if you don't know where the book of Psalms is in your Bible, it's all good. You can look at the table of contents. The first few pages should tell you where the book of Psalms is. We do that here. We don't, we, we can, you can look at the table of contents, okay? And if you don't have a Bible, which is a FAQ, a frequently asked question here. What if I don't have a Bible? No worries, it's all good. Everything I read from the scriptures will be up on the big screen behind me, so you can just follow along like that, all right? So let me just go back a little bit and talk a little bit about this series as a whole, why we've called this message series Just the Way I Am. And I, I've titled that Just the Way I Am because a lot of us, we say that. We say, shoot, I say that, right? That's just the way I am. We say things like, it is what? It is what it is. Yeah, or, or you know, I'm just like that. We look at our lives and we know that there are possibly some things that we do that are not right, but we just say, you know what? It's just the way I am. You know, I, uh, I, I know it's wrong, but we do it anyway. We say things, well, you know what? I, I know I have this problem, but we just leave it at that. And of course, we, we try not to think too much about the issue because if we thought about it a little more, we would feel the conviction of the Spirit and say, okay, maybe I do need to deal with this issue. But there are some things that, you know, even in our culture today, we, we just kind of accept. It's, it, 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 we know that they're not appropriate, but we just kind of accept it. Now, there's some things that we say, no, no matter what, this is always wrong. And, and you know, murder is always wrong, and, and rape is always wrong. We say things like that. But there are some other things in our lives that we're just kind of like, yeah, it's wrong, but, you know, let's just do it anyway. And so today, I want to tackle one of those things. In the next few weeks, as we go through the series, that's what we're going to be doing is we're going to be picking up some of these things. Some of them are ordinary um, ordinary sins that we commit, that we just do anyway. Um, I, wanna ta- I, wanna, I want us to confront those very, in, a, in a very humble way. I want to look at those, and I want to encourage all of us to have the audacity to confront some of these issues in our lives that we may have chosen not to give attention to. And granted, there are some things that this world says, you know what, no matter what, it's always wrong. But it depends sometimes on the culture you're in. In our culture, as it progresses, we just kind of accept some of these things that we know may not be acceptable in the eyes of God. And so what we're gonna do today is we're gonna do over these next few weeks is do that. Just kind of look at some of these things and say, yeah, we know that some people or a lot of people say this is part of just doing life, but we're gonna look at it a little more closely from God's perspective. So what I want to do is I want to pray with you a very powerful prayer that David prayed in Psalm 19. And we're, we're going we're gonna to go over this verse. I, wanna, I would love for us to read this together. This is a prayer that David prayed. And it would, be, it would just be awesome if we could just read it aloud together with great Doral Vineyard enthusiasm. Are you ready? And this is going to be our prayer. Let's just read this together. Here we go. May the words of my mouth. Am I the only one reading? Okay, let's try it again. Ready? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. O God, whatever is inside of me, May my, what's in my heart, what's in my mind, may it be pleasing to you, God. Let, I, I want to please you. I know that you love me, right, God? I know you love me, and so my natural response to that love is to honor you and to please you with my life. And so as we get into this topic, I want to tell you about a story that happened to me while I was in school, elementary school. I was in second grade. I had a friend. It was a girl. 
family member in the fourth grade, and we were good friends along with just being family members, and this, this thing happened. I remember that um, this friend of mine's mom, other family member, uh, got a call from the principal and asked the mom to come down to the school to talk, I, I need to talk with you. So the mom shows up and, and she sits down with the principal and the principal says, so you're probably wondering why I brought you down here. Uh, she says, yeah, she says, okay, I wanna let you know that just this Friday, this was a Monday morning, so just this past Friday, we, um, we celebrated uh, your daughter's birthday at the school. And the, do- the mom looked shocked, like, what? my daughter's birthday, yeah, the whole class just celebrated. We sang happy birthday to your daughter. She's like, well, why would you do that? Her birthday's not for another six months. And he said, that's why I brought you down here. He said that we uncovered this elaborate scheme by your daughter, my friend, who had come up with this um, idea to celebrate her birthday that week. So she had asked her dad, to buy her this cake batter mix, cupcake batter mix, and so she made cupcakes, and she asked her friends to bring birthday decorations to school, and she told her teacher, this Friday's my birthday. And so Friday came, and they decorated, and they sang, and they ate cupcakes, and brought gifts to the daughter, and even the teacher brought a gift. And so uh, the teacher, though, noticed how she was responding to the gifts and said, this is a little weird. So started doing a little, you know, research of her own and she found in her records that her date of birth was different than the Friday that just passed. There's a problem here. This is really weird. And so she, he told the principal and the principal called the mom. And so the mom and the principal uh, and the teacher decided, okay, it's time to confront the daughter about this like why would she do this and you know the principal could have easily decided oh well you know what these are kids will be kids you know this just happens it's not a big the mom you know could have been very defensive what my child are you talking about because you know obviously as a parent you want to you know my child I I, you have the wrong child can't be my my child right the teacher could have also just kind of downplayed it said you know what it's not a big deal it's not a big deal, let's just, let's not worry about it, but they actually didn't. They wanted to confront her about the sin of deceit, and that's the title of my talk today, is the sin of deceit, because the truth matters. The truth matters, and the truth of the matter is, I mean, deceit is one of the first things that we learn as kids, right? You don't have to teach it to your kids. I don't have to go to my little boys and say, okay, today we're gonna have a lesson on deceit because you might need this later in life. It's just kind of in them, you know? I remember the other day I woke up, uh, I'm sorry, I was downstairs and I ran upstairs because I heard some noise and I look at my boys and their faces were perspiring and the pillows were all over the floor and I asked them, you guys weren't jumping on the bed, were you? And they look at me shaking their heads you know, no, Dad, why would you think we're jumping on the bed, you know? And I'm like, you're lying, you're deceiving me, you're trying to pull one. And, and so, you know, so maybe you're here and you would say, well, um, you do have to teach them that. You, by the way you live, you know, the way you talk, maybe you, you, but I would humbly say that you don't have to teach kids how to deceive. 
It's just kind of in their sinful nature that they just learn how to do it within them. And my boys, for example, they probably thought that the repercussions weren't worth telling the truth, right? So let me just tell, the, tell dad, no, I, I wasn't jumping on the bed at all. And so how is it that we learned to do that? How is it that we learn to, 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 to deceive? I think it's part of our sinful nature. And so the interesting thing is that we may even kind of laugh about a story where we get caught, right, deceiving others, or, or we all admit to doing it. But just because it seems acceptable in our society doesn't necessarily mean that it's acceptable to God. And what does God feel about this? In fact, if you're taking notes, you can write this down. I have here, our God detests deceit. It's a pretty strong word. Our God detests deceit. Listen to this verse in Psalm 101, verse 7. It says, no one who practices deceit will dwell in my house. This is God talking. No one who speaks falsely will stand in my presence. It's a big deal for God, you guys. It's a big deal. But he even goes a little further in the book of Proverbs when he addresses deceit as lying because this is what he says. In fact, Proverbs 12, 22 says this. The Lord does what? Everybody, I don't know if you can see it up here, but let's read it together. The Lord does what? Everybody say it. He what? Detest what? Lying lips. But he delights in whom? Who tell the truth. He detests lying lips lips. Now, I looked up this word detest, uh, and this Hebrew word detest, it's the word to'ava. And what it means, it's, it's, it, it means something disgusting. It's an abhorrence. It makes, it, it's something that makes you nauseous. Okay, so we may not think much of our deceit, but guess who does? It makes God want to vomit, all right? That's how much our God detests deceit. And very likely, it's because of who God's enemy is. In, in the book of John chapter 8, verse 44, it tells us this. It says, Satan was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. And this is interesting. When Satan lies, he speaks his native language. For what is he? He is a liar. And what is he called? He's titled the Father of lies. So that may be why God detests and it makes him sick and want to vomit when he hears and knows that someone is trying to deceive. Many would say, well, it's just part of life. You know, deceiving is just kind of the way I am. It's what I do to get by. But God would say it makes him want to vomit. And so what I want to do today is I want to talk to us today about, about who we lie to or who we deceive and then I want to go a step deeper and talk about why we deceive. And so as we, we look at this and, 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 and think about this, I, I pray that God with his Holy Spirit would do a cleansing work in our lives and, and that I pray too that we can be transparent as we listen today to, to this topic. And so as we start with the who, and then we'll talk about the why. The, there's three who's, okay? The first one is really obvious. You may know this. The next two are not probably quite as obvious to some. The first one, if you're taking notes, is that we deceive, we deceive others. It's pretty obvious. We deceive other people. Jeremiah chapter 9, verse 5, it says, Friend, friend deceives friend, and no one speaks the truth. We deceive other people. Now, the bad news is, ladies that are in the house today, I did a little research about deceiving, and guess what I found? You ladies in the house, you deceive on an average of three times a day. 
three times a day, you tell a lie. Whether it's a white lie, whether it's not, three times a day. That's pretty bad, y'all. That's pretty bad. Now, before the guys get too comfortable in their seats, I also did a little research, and I found out that the, although the average woman may deceive three times a day, by the way, that's a thousand times a year. I did the math really quick right there. Uh, that's pretty bad. But guys, I found out, they deceive twice as much as women in one day. The average man lies six times a day. Now, I don't know why. Maybe he's trying to impress a woman. Maybe he's trying to outdo his friend. And you caught that fish? Well, you should see the fish that I caught, right? Trying to top each other. Oh, you make this money? That's nothing. You should see how much money I make. I don't know. But for whatever reason, guys, we deceive twice as much a day than, than women. Now, I don't know also if a lot of it has to do with when the women ask us, how do I look in these pants? And we have a choice to make right there. I, I don't know. But we kind of laugh about it sometimes. But the truth is that God, whenever we deceive, God wants to vomit. And you may be thinking, well, the reason you're talking about this today, Pastor Abdi, is because I, I, you must be so far beyond and mature about deceit. I mean, you must have this like, you know, way down. This was something you did maybe in your life back in the day, but now you are our pastor, right? You don't deceive, do you, Pastor Abdi? I mean, you're my pastor for crying out loud. You're, if there's someone that's not going to deceive, surely it's you, Pastor Abdi, right? Right? If only I could say yes. I wish I could that I never deceive others, but the truth is that's so far from who I am. And I'm just going to be honest with you. Just recently, I, uh, I, I was approached by someone that asked me, hey, did you get my email? And I had gotten the email, and I had read the email. And instead of saying, yes, I got your email, I, I'm sorry, I just haven't had a chance to respond, I said, what email? You, you sent me an email? And, and yeah, they, they kept talking. And so I, for some reason in that moment, I felt that I had, I, you know, I felt, oh my gosh, I got caught. I, I didn't respond to this email, so I, I need to cover up. I need to cover up my, 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 my failure. And so I, I have to protect myself and I have to get defensive and I can't let them know the truth. And so for some reason, I thought that deceiving someone was better than actually telling the truth. And so some people that we deceive is, the who, number one, is we deceive others. And just so we all know that we're in good company with each other, how many of you have ever deceived in your life? Raise your hand. All right, all right, I got some honest people in your house, so keep your hands up for a minute, keep your hands up for a minute. It feels good to tell the truth, we deceive, yes. Look around, anybody not raising their hand, just point at them and say, you big fat liar. Just kidding, just kidding. All right, but we do, we do, we do. It's one of the things and one of the people we deceive, we deceive others. Not everyone deceives others still, but there are some of us who still do. We never really think about this, but we also, number two, is not only we deceive others, but we also deceive God. We don't just deceive people, we deceive God. Look what it says in Acts chapter 5. There is an interesting story where there's all the believers are together and they were actually selling their possessions and they had agreed that they would give everything that they sold, all the money that they got, they would give it to help the, the needs around them. 
And so this couple, Ananias and Sapphira, decided to do something a little bit creative, okay? And rather than give all the money they said they would, they decided to hold some of it back for themselves. And so Peter, he confronts them and he says this in Acts chapter five, verse four. Peter said, what made you think of doing such a thing? It's interesting. You're not just lying to others, to your community of believers, people of faith. You're not just lying to them. You were lying to God. You didn't just deceive people, but you also deceived God. And I don't know how far to take this, but you could extract this um, from this story that if you're misrepresenting the truth to your community of believers, our church, other people, you're deceiving those around you, other brothers and sisters. You're not just deceiving them, you're also deceiving God. And the more we learn to deceive others and we learn to deceive God, before long, we're not just telling little white lies, right? Before long, we are living these untruths actually in our life. And, and that is where the darkness gets really, really dark. We deceive other people, we deceive God, and the last one is uh, that maybe we don't think about is we deceive ourselves. We deceive ourselves through and through. Look at what David's prayer is in Psalm 119, verse 27. When he appears to be grieving over suffering, he's over something, he, he prays, he, he says, cause me to understand the way of your precepts, that I may meditate on your wonderful deeds, he says. My soul is weary with sorrow. Strengthen me according to your word. In verse 29, and it's very powerful, he prays this. Everybody say it aloud. Actually, let's say it together. Say, keep me, help me, keep me from Am I the only one reading? Come on. One, two, three. Keep me from deceitful ways. Be gracious to me and teach me your law. And quite honestly, there are too many times in my life to count uh, where I have deceived people. I've deceived myself. I, and, and I start to believing, I start to believe my own lies. I start believing that what, what I'm saying, even though it's not true, I start to believe that it is true. And the reality is that I work with a lot of people who do this too. I work with a lot of people. Wait a minute, who do I work? I work with you all. Yes, I work with you all. And so a lot of times it doesn't matter what I say or how many times I say it. We still don't get it. And that's the reason why I came up with the title of the series today. That's just the way I am. I see a need here among our church family. We don't just see how deceived, we just don't see how deceived we are. And of course, it's not just limited to here, but many people in our world today are deceiving themselves. Many leaders in the world today, world leaders, power people, walk around, no matter what reality is, they don't see it like the emperor who had no clothes. He's just walking around, right? A lot of times everybody or almost everybody around us and especially the ones who love us are trying to tell us you have a problem but we decide not to listen. Look, you have a legit issue here and we're like, ah, I don't have a problem with that. That's not a problem. I can, I can quit anytime or, or that's not that big a deal. I don't understand why you're coming down on me. That's what we say a lot of times. And, and I just gotta say, you know, if, if people who love us, especially people who love us, are confronting us and telling us about these things in our lives, uh, you know, maybe we should humbly consider what they're saying. I see this a lot in marriage relationships. One person will say, I don't have a problem. They have a problem. Well, you know my husband, he's just a piece of you know what, 
right? I'm not the problem, but the, the reality is we're deceiving ourselves. We are part of the, matter of fact, why don't we all say that together? We, everybody say we, are part of the problem. One of my biggest fears, and if I could just say as humbly and gently as I can, that there are some of us who are deceived and are lying to ourselves about our own standing with God. And we're saying things like, well, hey, I'm okay with God. I know who God is. And when the reality is that, and this is my great fear, is that there's some of us, and this is, you know, I'm telling you, I, 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 sometimes I can't sleep at night. Sometimes I wake myself up in the middle of the night as I think about this. That it, it kind of scares me. Two things. Number one is people think that they're okay when they're not okay. And the reason why I say that is because, number one is, that was me. I walked around thinking I was okay with God when in reality I wasn't. I, I thought I knew God, but I didn't really know who he was. And number two is that I was just completely, it's a little more personal, I, I, I would just, just it's, it's, it's when, I see, when I interact with people at, at, at our church and we get into conversations, there are some times when I get into conversations with people that it is so obvious. You're having this conversation with someone and it's so obvious that this person has been changed by the love of God. It's so obvious that they're, they're talking about how convicted they are by the Holy Spirit. They're, they're talking about how, how God has been speaking to them. They're, in their conversation, you just know that this person, you know, they're, they're living for something greater. They have overcome sin in their life, and there's, there's a sense of spiritual destiny and purpose in their life, and it just comes out. And I mean, you, can't, you just can't hide it. It's in the conversation. It just comes out. You see the evidence of, of, of their spiritual progress. Now, there are others, however, that I'm having this conversation with, and I, you know, it's, I'm a pastor, it's my job, sort of, to ask you, how are you doing spiritually? You know, I ask this question to folks, how are you doing spiritually? And then I get this glazed over look, like, like you just asked me that question, I, I don't know how to, I'm really busy right now, pastor, I'm, I just got a lot of things going on. No, 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 I, that's not what I'm asking. I'm just asking, how are you doing, you know, this journey of faith, and in, 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 how are you navigating, you know, your walk with God? How are you doing? I'm not asking if you're busy. I'm just wanting to know, how are you doing in your love relationship with Jesus? Just tell me about that. And, and the more I dive in, tragically, sometimes, I, and I don't want to judge a heart, and, and I will not, but I just, I don't see any spiritual evidence of God working. I don't see any spiritual fruit, right? It's one of the, the, the priorities of why Doral Vineyard exists. We prioritize the, not only the gifts of the Spirit, but the fruit of the Spirit. What's the fruit? Love, joy, peace, patience. I don't see it. They're, the way they're talking, they have no patience. They have no love. And so there's no sense of being directed or being transformed by the power of the Spirit. And I, I just have to say sometimes that that's really scary to me. It's really scary because that was me. And I was there and I thought I was okay because I kind of kept trying to go to church because I would go to church sometimes, you know. I just, you know, I, I, I loved God, right? And, and so I, I, but I didn't really know who God was. I was living a life of deceit and I was deceived. In fact, John says this in 1 John chapter 2, 4. It's a kind of a sobering verse, okay? It says, whoever says I know him, whoever says I know God but does not do what he commands, that person is a what? Help me out. Is a liar. And the truth is not in that person. Everybody say, ouch. You just had to read that today, Pastor Abdi. That's just the way I am, right? So who do we deceive? Help me out. We deceive, help me out. We deceive other people. We deceive 
and we deceive ourselves, okay? We deceive. Now, to overcome this, and because I want to bring some hope to us today in our time together, I I, want to get more of the heart of the matter. I want to talk about this. I want to go a little bit deeper, okay? And, and, And so let's talk about not just who we deceive, but why we deceive. Let's answer this very difficult question. Why is it that we deceive? Why is it that three or four or five or six or seven times a day we will tell either little white lies or big honking stories of our lives that are not true? Why is it that we deceive? For some, we might just kind of slip into this, well, it's just easier. I don't have to explain so much if I just deceive right? Or you know what? I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. If I just deceive, then they won't get hurt over here, right? And and so I I just, I believe that this will just help me out to just get ahead in life if I just deceive or whatever. For others, once we start deceiving, we typically, it typically gets into a snowball effect, right? It just starts to grow and grow. And the more we deceive, the more we're tempted to deceive even more. And then we can't even find the truth. What is that? Yeah, what is that? And I can't even remember what the truth is, right? And before long, we just, we're not just telling little white lies but we start to believe the white lies and the lies and while while these lies grow bigger and bigger and we say yeah i want to live with integrity we can't and so i want to ask why do we deceive i did a little research and this is some answers that i found of why we some answers why we deceive okay um and this is one of them why do i deceive because my whole life i've struggled with telling the truth I think that's, that's raw. I, I like that. It's real. Why do I deceive? Because I hate to disappoint people. So when I feel like I failed them, I lie about it. I can relate to that. Okay? Why do I deceive? I deceive others because I'm trying to impress them and convince them to do something that I want them to do. Why do I deceive? I thought this was, this was really raw. Okay? Uh, because I want them to sleep with me. Why do I deceive? Because I want to pretend that everything in my life is perfect. I mean, it's what I do on Facebook, right? I present this veneer of happy, go lucky, I'm so good, when in reality, I'm not so good, right? Why do I deceive? Because the truth is, I hate myself. And most days, I think about killing. I wish I would die, and I I, I think about killing myself because I don't want my family, my friends to know how I really feel. No one really knows that I think about killing myself every single day. It's tragic. And you can hear the pain. Can't you hear the pain in, in these answers, in these people who are stuck and they're caught and, and they don't know how to get out of their deceit. It's what deceit brings, you guys. Pain and more pain. So what I, I want to do is I, I, I want to ask us this question and I, I want us to, maybe you can't answer it right now, nor do I want you to answer it verbally right now. Maybe you need to write it down. And maybe you just can't answer it right. You got to go away and get to a quiet place and really think about this question. What motivates me to deceive? Why is it that I deceive? Why is it? I'm going to tell you why I deceive, all right? I, 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 I deceive because I believe that in the moment, this deceit would bring me, would be more effective than the truth. That's why I deceive. I just see because I think by in this moment, it's better than, it would be more effective than telling the truth. Some of us might say, well, I, I, I mostly do it to protect myself, right? I do it because I just want to protect the feelings of others. Some of us might say, well, I do it to make myself look better. Some of us might say, well, I, I don't really like the truth. I don't, I don't like the truth. I don't like what's going on in my life, so I say something else because I think that's better, 
Some might say, well, I do it to impress other people. Some might say, well, I'm afraid of what other people will think if I told them the truth. All right? Hmm, okay. For me, I do it because what would they think if I said, yeah, I got your email. I just haven't got around. I would much rather say, what email? You sent me an email, right? I'd much rather say that. And so that's, that's the truth. Uh, and so uh, I think that my deceit is better than honoring God with the truth. And you see, believing this is one of the biggest lies ever. ever. For example, I may think, okay, I deceive because it'll bring me more security. The more, it'll just bring me more, I, I'm insecure, so it'll bring me more security. But the truth is that the more I deceive, the more insecure I become. And the bottom line is that I cannot b- build a life on deception. I cannot build a life of integrity on a foundation of deceit. And I may think, well, if I deceive, it will get me more of what I want. But the truth is that if I deceive, I have less of what matters most. Can somebody say yes? I thought that was really good. I put it in bold in my notes. I'm going to say it one more time just because I thought it was really good. So the truth is that I think if I will get more, that if I deceive, I'll get more of what I want. But the truth is that if I deceive, I have less of what matters most. I may not think, I may think to myself, if I deceive, then others will like me more and will have a better relationship. But the truth is, we cannot have a real relationship based on deceit. So what do I have? I am wrongfully believing something that is untrue. And what it's doing is it's stealing from me that which I desire the most. Can somebody say yes? yes. Why? Because we have a spiritual enemy who's called the father of lies and he wants to distance us from the truth so the more lies we believe the more lies we tell and the less truth that lives inside of us i would i would ask each one of us why do we deceive let me explain it like this okay let me explain it like this let's let's pretend that this jimbe is truth with a capital t meaning this is god's truth okay this is god's truth and this is me this is me. This is not just the Facebook me, right? This is all the good, the bad, and the ugly. Everything about me is right here, okay? And so that's capital T truth, God's truth. Every time I deceive, it's this distance between God's truth and me continues to grow. Every time I deceive, and this is what we're talking about today, the sin of deceit and so what does sin do it separates us from the truth who's the truth jesus is the truth the word says jesus he said i am the way the what the truth and the life so every time we sin and we deceive we are creating more of a distance between us and god but every time we tell the truth what are we doing Every time we decide to believe what Jesus says about me, I am who he says I am, not what others think I am or what I think I am. I am what he says I am. Then what are we doing? We're getting closer to God. We're getting closer to the truth and we're, we're, we're drawing a close, uh, we're, we're drawing, the distance is getting shorter, the sin in our lives. 
All right? And so I hope that helps. But the more I start to believe the truth about who God is and what he says I am, then all of a sudden this idea starts, starts allowing me to, to, to live in this capital truth, to be what he says I am, to believe it, to talk it, to think it, and to do it. We get closer and closer to the freedom that God has. That first verse we read earlier, that very first verse, Psalm 1914, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart means what I'm thinking, the meditations be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. My actions follow my beliefs. And as I step closer to the truth, Suddenly, I don't have to deceive because I'm closer to who God says. I'm closer to what really matters. I'm closer to what he's said about me. And rather than believing that my deceit helps, I know now that it doesn't. It complicates things. Listen, I I don't know about you, but when I deceive others, it gets scary. It gets really scary and complicated because I remember I used to deceive so much that I couldn't even keep track of everything I was saying. I, I, I would have these plates spinning and then I would always be worried about covering my tracks, right? And I was always scared looking over my shoulder that someone was gonna catch me in what I was saying because I said so many things to so many different people. I forgot what I said. And I'm like, I'm really in trouble now because I can't keep it consistent. I can't keep it consistent. And that's what happens when we deceive. It just becomes this snowball effect and, and we start living a life of deceit. John's, uh, Jesus says this in John chapter 8, verse 23. This is what he said. He said, and you will know the what? Somebody help me out. And you said, you will know the? That's capital T. That's God's truth. That's Jesus. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And the truth will set you free. And the truth, capital T, Jesus is truth. Jesus and the truth will set you free. So even if it's as little as the reason I deceive is because I, 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 it makes it life easier or as common as, you know, there's just, I, I don't want to hurt anybody or it's just a little white lie. What we've been living, when we've been living a life of deceit, deceiving others around us, looking like one person and knowing deep down inside that we are someone else, all along afraid that we might get caught in our deception, all we need to do is to start believing the truth. Believe we are who he says we are. Believe that what he says about us. And when we believe who he says we are and what he says about us, we're taking one step closer to the truth. And when we get to the truth, the truth, what does it do? It sets us free. The truth sets us free. The truth sets us free. So why do I deceive? Because I'm not believing the truth. Because I'm over here believing that my deception is oh so much better than believing that, my, that, that the love of God, the security of God, the grace of God is all that I need. And so today and every day when we wake up, we, just, we call on him, we say, God, help me to believe what you say about me. Help me to do what you want me to do. Help me to believe what you have, have felt about me. Help me to align myself to your truth so you can set me free from myself, so you can set me free from the opinions of others, so you can set me free to love you and please you. His truth will set us free. Father, I pray today 
that by the power of your Holy Spirit that you would do a healing work in all of our lives. God, that we would look to you and that you would forgive us, forgive us, forgive our sins and make us new and transform us by your grace. God, help us to believe the truth that we would overcome the lies that bond us, that keep us, that bring bondage to our lives.